Thank you for joining us and welcome to this episode of The Travel Guides, a podcast dedicated to making travel easy for everyday people like you and me. We'll be your hosts, Just GQ here, International P. What's happening, my brother? Currently in L.A. Uh, just had a great weekend out there. Uh, you know, just enjoying the wonderful weather and uh, glad to check back in with you guys. So what was going on in L.A. this weekend, man? Man, I was really just down here to uh, really just get away from uh, the Valley Heat and ended up uh, going to some of the, I guess, Malibu beaches out here. Uh, and that still was kind of hot. And then um, went to Santa Monica to tour the promenade, you know, go do a little, uh, I don't say shopping, but pretty much uh, people watching and uh, uh, nice evening, a uh, little bar hopping for a little bit. So it's just really just kind of a random adventure for the weekend, really. That's what's up, man. Yeah, your Snapchat looked like it was uh, it was cracking a little bit down there. So I was definitely having some <laughs> uh, some California envy a little bit. <laughs> it was definitely a little California envy going on. Uh, also found out about a nice uh, travel hack uh, for the listeners. And basically it's uh, through Iceland Air. It's called an Iceland Air Stopover. And it basically provides passengers time to visit Iceland for up to seven nights at no additional airfare charge. They're not on the way to no extra money? None at all. Oh, my gosh. How is that? So basically it's to increase the uh, tourism in ice in Iceland right now. Okay. And um, through the whole stopover program, they can kind of put you in a uh, stopover group that will uh, team you up with a, a person called a stopover buddy. And you get a chance to explore, I guess, all the sites to see in Iceland. So, uh, so on your way to Europe. So there's, <laughs> so you're, they're just basically giving you a, a trip to, to Iceland. Like you have a forced layover. Is that what it is? I mean, you don't have to have a forced layover. I mean, you could you could buy direct flights to another airline, but the I guess travel hack with Iceland Air is that they'll give you up to seven nights for free wow. with no type of overcharge just to go to a country in Europe. So I mean, this would be a nice little one week vacation before you start like on a month or a three week or two week vacation to some somewhere else in Europe, or you can just do one week in Iceland and one week in Europe for, for all that matters. I mean, however you want to plan it. But it just it provides you with a I don't know like an inspirational experience like and and, and um, you get a chance to not only experience it by yourself but you can experience it with you know some people in that are in similar positions who are on their way to uh, European countries and um, wanted to experience Iceland because they had never experienced Iceland before and you get two check bags free Wi-Fi on the plane you know obviously the the typical meals uh, in flight entertainment. And uh, not to get like a shameless plug for Iceland Air, but I don't know why I came across. It, I thought it was a great deal. No, I don't know. Like, sounds awesome. Next time you get a chance, you know, Google it, look it up, see if it fits in your plans. Yeah, absolutely, man. That that definitely that is <laughs> that's that's definitely the plug. I mean, you're just coming back from uh, somewhere else that was uh, important as well, I believe, right? Yeah, man. I mean, uh, we've been I've been moving around a little bit, and uh, that will be. The I recently came back from Colombia, which will be the subject matter of to of today's episode here. But it was able to roll in like an Atlanta, a little Atlanta excursion in there as well, and uh, you know get like get like how you do, man. But I, I tell you what was key and what continues to be a main stay in like making travel super easy for me is that global entry. And you've got you've got your uh, interview coming up, don't you? 
Yeah, I have my, uh, well, that's kind of like tied into my next trip. My next trip is to San Diego, and basically I'm going to just kind of kill two birds with one stone, and I go to the global entry office, and I go for my interview. All I have to do is bring my passport, driver's license, and paper that's showing that I live in the U.S., and uh, the interview shouldn't take longer than 30, 45 minutes, and that'll pretty much expedite all my travel in any Border Patrol area, and, I mean, to me, that was clutch. I mean, it, it comes in handy when you're spinning uh, you know, three, four hours in a line at London Heathrow Airport or, uh, you know, Vancouver's uh, airport as well, which is, you know, not the easiest to go through when coming out of Border Patrol to go to the next flight. So I feel like it's kind of a clutch, a key thing to have these days if you're an international traveler. Yeah, definitely. When you're trying to get your Magellan on, it uh, it helps out. Helps out a lot, man. I, I tell you what, I hope yours goes easier or goes better than mine did. My so I've recently I've moved around a lot as you know, um, just like like the majority like the post college and uh, collegiate time period calls for, and so my uh, license address did not match my actual address, and the guy who was my interviewer he just gave me a really hard time about it, and so I guess he could I guess he could have just sent me out of the room, so I I, I guess he gave me some leeway there, but. He made he like basically forced me to go get my license updated, so that led to two excru- excruciating days in the DMV. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, trying to just trying to get the the address updated. So it, it was it was a struggle, but it was well worth it, man. Just a quick little anecdote: when I was coming back from Colombia, I was trying to hop an earlier flight because. My, because uh, Joy, my sister, for the listeners, and my parents were in Chicago, and there was an event that I wanted to make, but my flight was leaving out. Uh, it wasn't going to get me back until like 11, and I needed to be back around 8. So there was one flight that was going to leave out or that, that would get me back in time, but I only had 50 minutes to make it from landing in the States to the my connection leaving out of out of Atlanta. And so basically oh, wow. right. And so basically I had called Delta, who is who I'm getting who I'm liking a lot more now. They have some Southwest type features that they're now offering that make the airline more more appealing. But basically I called them and found out that if I could make the flight that I should be able to fly standby for only like 15 for only 50 bucks on the earlier flight. But they were like you'll never make it. So Challenge accepted. We landed. I took off. Um, was able to get through customs in about 15, 20 minutes. And just by the skin of my teeth made the connection to fly standby on that earlier flight. And it was solely due to having global entry, man. Oh, yes. Clutch move at the end of the day. And there goes the naysayers of a little faith con- uh, saying that you, you weren't going to make your flight. And... They didn't know you had the, the global entry to kind of expedite you through the whole security and line process. So Amazing. it's definitely a clutch thing to have. And uh, I can't wait to recap with the rest of, uh, you know, you and the rest of the podcast is about my San Diego visit. Is this your first trip to San Diego? No, it's not my first trip to San Diego, but this is my first trip as a, a hobby. Usually when I'm in San Diego, it's like for work or for school or something like that. Oh, okay. Like I haven't went on my own leisure, I guess. That's, that's, that's a, I guess that's a big difference, a big change in purpose for the 
for a trip. But nice. um, I don't know. This this one should be pretty cool. And you know, Mexico's right. You know, really like an hour drive, or real real close in proximity. So who knows? I might jump the border for a night out. You know, with with some friends, just being that it's so close. So yeah, that's man, the that's that's one one of the good things about being in San Diego. You're very close to the Mexican border. That's but, what's up. Um, but aside from that, how is summertime in Chicago, though? Man, summertime shy has just kicked off, and it is, uh, it's pretty beautiful. I'm not going to lie, man. We've, we've gotten some consistent weather. When I got off of the plane from um, Atlanta, uh, taking bringing me back from Columbia, I was pleasantly surprised that I wasn't shocked in wearing shorts and what have you. I, it was very, very comfortable. There's been the rooftops have started to fl- to be flooded by the summer lusters in Chicago, you know, and so it's just it's it's a very live time within the city. So one dope thing that we just experienced was there's a pop up diner that is designed to be an exact replica of the Max from Saved by the Bell. So I mean, this place was awesome, man. We just went in there this past weekend, and it's going to be open till August. Uh, but I mean, for all you '80s babies and '90s kids, it is nuts. Like you feel like you're really getting your AC Slater, your Zach Morris, your Kelly Kapowski, your Lisa Turtle on when you go in there, and you can just you know hang out like the gang used to. Uh, we waited for the booth that they used to sit in so that we could, you know, take mini photo ops and whatnot. But it was just a great experience, man. It, it, it's a, There's a bar in there as well. The food is good. And it was just a great experience. So that's one of those types of summertime shy activities that are pretty fun and make the city what it is. Hopefully, I'm hoping you can make it out here, man. We need to, we're due to exchange trips, get you out here. And um, and I, I definitely owe you a California trip as well. Oh, yes. We definitely have to have an east-west coast uh, excursion and definitely looking into uh, Lollapalooza plans because, uh, oh, yes. you know, this is the Red Hot Chili Peppers last time, or I guess one of their last times on tour. So that's, that's one significant thing. And then also, uh, it's going to be good, good food, good music. And good company every time we uh, kind of get together. So Absolutely. I think it's long overdue, to say the least. Definitely, man. I was going to segue into the main subject of this podcast. You you just came back from South America. Right, right. Yeah, I was. So I spent the last I spent the last week or Memorial Day in Cartagena, Colombia, uh, which is a northwestern city on the uh, on the coast of the Caribbean Sea, which I was pleasantly surprised because I had no idea where I was. And <laughs> and it was honestly, man, one of the best trips I've ever been on. I, I said that it would it was around like top three for me. One being our first our trip to Costa Rica for the uh, for the family trip, bringing in New Year's. Secondly, um, when I basically moved over to Europe and was over there for three months, and then this one, it was just. Uh, it, the way that it was done was so easy that and it, it was so well organized and the company was was so awesome that it just made for a spectacular trip here and it sounds crazy because there were 150 to 200 people and going into it I knew about 10 but leaving wow, I would say I right I mean it was a ton of people man but I would say leaving you know, you just build so many, we've built so many great relationships and you got to uh, spend time with the people that you kind of knew and you really realize how small the world is as far as 
instead of six degrees of separation it being two or three or one you know like so it was yeah. it was just it was pretty awesome so i guess backtrack tell us how easy it was i guess saying yes pretty much <laughs> so so it basically i had um uh, my memorial day it kind of freed up and so i was able to i had a, a buddy of mine ask if i was what i was doing for for Memorial Day, I was like, I was nothing. You know, I'm just trying to figure something out. I and mean, knowing that I had worked in Colombia, but uh, more Bogota and Medellin previously, they were like, well, why don't you, I'm going to include you in this group, me. It's this huge group that's going to Colombia. should be fun. So, okay, so I was like, okay, cool. So I go into the chat, and I'm just conversing back and forth with the people there, just engaging and trying to build a familiarity uh, for them with who I am and, okay, uh, and okay. trying to meet people who are going. And, I mean, they were uh, the trip is based off of the glitches. So apparently there was a glitch with um, for Colombia that allowed the tickets to go for three hundred round trip. So they all booked ahead of time. And when I looked, I, I you know I'm very price driven. So if the price made sense, then I was going to go. And I looked at my flight. I looked at flights, and I flew Delta as I previously mentioned, and it was five twenty one. So I immediately booked. I was, I was like, I, okay, I, I can, okay. I can do, I can sweep five, right? And um, even without the glitch, it was a very doable price point, and which made, which made it easy. And so then uh, from there, I mean, I, I think I mentioned before, I didn't know where I was staying about like a week before, but we figured it out. I mean, by committee, there was, there were so many people were just so cool. As long as your money wasn't funny, you, <laughs> you know, that's you crucial. Could, that's yeah, crucial. That is crucial. But everybody's, I mean, everybody was staying in either Airbnbs or Hilton's. And, man, when I tell oh, you these okay. Airbnbs were so plush, I mean, there were two, three houses down there. Because um, people were just kind of mixing and matching and going back and bouncing from house to house. Um, they had pools in the living rooms. What? Yes, bro. They had pools in the living room. Pools in the living room, man. And it was just like, it, it, you could cook. Serve your food and then immediately put your feet in the water without stepping outside. And it was, it was, they were just all of them were so player, man. It was just, it was just very nice. Like I thought ours was nice. We had like a pretty awesome balcony view that overlooked um, Cartagena. And we were staying in the, um, we were staying in the old city, the old town. Okay. And it's a old walled, town. yeah, it's a walled city. So it was, it was very, um, it was nice, nice scenery and whatnot, but we were about 10 minutes from the actual city. But there were, but in this, um, in the, in the old town, there, there were, that was where the majority of the Airbnbs existed. And then the city was where the Hilton was, which is where the, the balance of the people were staying. And we, we spent a fair amount of time over there. That was the meeting place when we went to like the mud baths and when we were for the party buses and things of that nature. But what made it to, to get back to your original question, what made it so easy to say yes to it was everything was just very well planned out. People took ownership of different events. Like there was one person over the mud baths that was coordinating all of that. There was one person over the yacht that was coordinating. Oh, wow. There was one person over the party buses that was coordinating that. And so it was, it broke it down very simply to just say, Hey, you want to go to the party bus? Venmo me 15 bucks. And that was all you had to do. And then you were good. You know, you want to go to the mud baths, uh, Venmo me this much and then this is what it is and so the different emails that were coming through just the, the details were ironed out and this is very contrary to how um, I've traveled in the past because you know we kind of yeah. just fly by the seat of our pants uh, but it was a nice switch up <laughs> wing it <laughs> yeah it was, a, it was a nice switch up 
so aside from the the massive amount of people and your Snapchat, Instagram being so lit, what was the vibe with the people who had uh, traveled before uh, versus the people who had never done anything like this before? That's a good question. Like, could you tell? Could yeah. you tell like the difference between between the two? You could tell. You could you could see there were there were people who were overly excited and then some that were kind of chill, but there was a there was a general like joyous feel because of the surroundings like everybody was there for a common reason to expand their cultural horizons and honestly to turn up as well so it was just like understanding it was more of a celebration of that we could pull this off you know that there were so many like-minded individuals there excuse me that were you know just just there looking to have a good time and experience a different culture um but you could, I mean, you could understand who was who was there for who was out of the country for the first time, and those who were um, who who were frequent travelers by general conversation, uh, people would offer it up. But I mean, the people who the people who were there for the first time, they they were definitely not rookies when they left. Um, I've only met the people in Cartagena, but the people who uh, were on the trip beforehand started in Medellin, went to. Uh, Cartagena, and then some of them went to Panama, which is an adjacent country in Central America, and they were moving around a little bit there as well. So they were easily able to turn two countries on their first trip if it was their first trip. And then, as you know, Wanderlust are always looking for extra stamps. So, so they were definitely oh, trying, yes. to, oh, trying yes. to make that happen. <laughs> so, in getting down to the um, to the way the trip was laid out, man, it was it was laid out pretty pretty nicely. So I was able to. Uh, I had to, I had layovers in Atlanta going there and back, and so I was able to connect with some with some family in uh, on Friday uh, at the Atlanta Jazz Fest, which is a really uh, nice way to or was it was a really nice way to spend a Friday night layover in Atlanta. I then just woke up early, went straight to the airport on Saturday, and uh, went on down there. Had pre designated a spot to meet with the group. Met with the group at the airport, and then we went to drop our bags off at the Airbnb, and it changed. And then we went to a place called Mila for for lunch. And we and Mila was so good, man. It was like it was good. We went there. Oh, really? Yeah, went there a couple times. The dinner was 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 uh, nice, and then we went for their brunch. Their brunch was insane. It was it was epic. So and the, and everything was. We went on the currency down there, so it's three thousand Colombian pesos to one dollar, and so we were looking at. I mean, just to, not to jump ahead, but that that we had a brunch on the day that uh, that the majority of the people were leaving, and we had three mimosas, we had two meals, or I had two meals because I eat. And <laughs> and I mean, and by meals, I mean like a short stack of pancakes, bacon, um, 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 hash browns or potatoes as they as they were serving them and arroz coco, which is coconut rice, which was a, a common meal or a common dish down there. Uh, and it, it cost me not even 20 bucks. I think it was like sixteen dollars. So, I mean, it's like you can you can come up like the the, the drinks we were going you know, the we were going shots and beers, and it was you know it was a fraction of what you would see in any major American city. So, just, so you know, you can be judicious with with your um, with your spending accordingly. But it, you know, it's it's very easy to uh, to win in the currency in the exchange game down there. 
Oh wow! So I mean, and it, so you not only did you win in the in the currency and exchange uh, rate, but you also won with the organization ease and travel, and the fact that the communication was streamlined with just a simple "we're going here" via group chat, and uh, here's the Venmo, and you just Venmo that person, and you're doing that activity. Yeah. So I mean. It, it, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like it's a pretty uh, easy trip. Like, I mean, no, no complaints. It sounds like you had a, a nice mix of personalities. And- yeah, man, it was, it was, it was definitely cool. And and the thing that was that was pretty dope about Cartagena was they, it's no, there's no shortage of things to do down there. Like a lot of the, we hit Club Havana, which is the main club that all the. Uh, you know, trip advisors and whatnot will tell you to will tell you to go to, and it was it was it was awesome as promised, man. It, we went to we went there and it was like live bachata merengue, salsa music, which was which was pretty awesome, and I enjoy a good Latin club as well. So we could dance, we got a table, and we're just kind of like enjoying life, you know, and 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 just just living there. And then we um, that next that Sunday we had the mud baths. And so we woke up, went to the mud. The mud baths were kind of crazy, man. Like we went to, we met at the at the Hilton, and then drove an hour out to the the volcano because it's volcano mud. And so you get there, you have to, you know, you um, they they brief you on what's going to happen. You go you go up into the volcano. It's a very steep hill or I guess mountain that you have, or volcano excuse me that you have to climb up <laughs> they have they have stairs there and so you like you're going up and then um the the vault the actual mud pit is 80 feet deep but you don't see so when you get in there it's a weird consistency it's how I would imagine taking a bath in yogurt would feel like it was like very you're you're not in water but you're trying to tread water but you're not going anywhere and so but you're also like the mud will take you will make you either vertical or horizontal depending on where your balance is so if you like lean too far forward the mud would take you and you would be horizontal and there was nothing you could do about it and then if you if you lean back too far then you would be vertical and there would be nothing you could do about it either so when you get in there they there are these guys in there they Pull you more forcefully than than uh, than I would than I wanted, um, and then they like <laughs> they'll force a massage on you, and then they'll just kind of float you off to the side. And so then you people were kind of freaking out because they were like, I'm, I'm I, you know they were trying to swim in it, but you don't have to. So we had a common phrase when we were in the mud bath that was like tighten your core and straighten your legs. And if you did that, like you were buoyant. So you were always buoyant, but you could like stand straight up. You're standing in mud. That's 80 feet deep without treading water. but And you are above. Like, your head is above. So it's, it's a very weird proposition to, like, hear. But it makes sense, like, when you're, when you're in it. And it was, it was great for, uh, for the experience. So afterwards, you know, we took a lot, of, a lot of pictures in there. And people were, like, some of the, um, the guys and gals were, you know, putting it on their faces and exfoliating and whatnot. It's supposed to be great for your skin and all that. I wasn't trying to do that. I was just kind of chilling. But uh, <laughs> then you get out, you go, you walk down. Um, pro tip, don't put on your shoes. I had some sandals on. I took two steps with the mud, with my muddy feet, and my foot went straight out of the side of my flip-flops and ruined those. So those broke. Um, so I spent the entire day uh, without it sandals. But then you go down to 
this the cleaning area, and there are these. There were two women who had a vat of water, and they basically doused you with it and got all the like the majority of the mud off you. But then when I looked back at the vat, the vat was so dirty. Like the vat, <laughs> the vat of water was. No, so really? Yeah, you're getting cleaned with like muddy water, but it's like. But it worked. Like it got all of it off you. But I felt fully. I felt pretty filthy for like the the vast majority of that day. And then we went. We jumped back on the bus. Went forty five minutes to a restaurant that was on the beach. It was very nice. We had seafood. Is we ate majority of seafood down there. Um, and so we had lunch. It was like a whole uh, cod fish with arroz coco and. And then we and then we hung out on the beach for a little bit, jumped back on the on the bus, went back to Cartagena about thirty minutes. So that that took up the vast majority of the day. Uh, okay. And then for that night, one of the awesome things that they that we did was instead of looking for there was a there was a group of people that wanted to do a dinner. So instead of but they were unable to find a reservation at anywhere. So uh, the gal that was uh, that was putting the dinner together. Asked if, uh, asked the Airbnb host if there if she knew anybody who could just come and cook dinner. So we went and got the groceries, and then we had this guy named William. William was awesome. He was I had him on Snap for for a few, um, and he came in and cooked this banquet of a feast. Like I mean, it was like it was amazing. What? Yeah, it was insane. You guys yeah. had a cook come in and cook for you as well. Yeah, man, it so, was like a professional <laughs> chef. Sounds like you awesome. living living the luxury life for a weekend, four or five days. Real life, man. I mean, it was and this is it was awesome because it was something I would have never thought to do on my own. You know, but when you no. get roped in on it, then it allows like, oh, that make, I guess that makes sense. Like, it's cheaper than going out to eat. Cause I think it was about 15 bucks a person. It's cheaper than going out to eat. And then you get, I mean, he was cooked. He cooked chicken. He cooked shrimp. He cooked uh, f- uh, fish. He had, we had c- ceviche that was fresh. Like, he put us on, um, you know, different, different types of drinks. There was a fruit. We had, uh, <laughs> we had someone on the trip that thought that she thought that she was getting, a lemon. She was getting lemons, and they, we cut the lemon, and they realized like it was it wasn't a lemon, but we didn't know what it was. And it's this fruit that's indigenous to the area called maracuya, and so it's this citrusy mango lemon mashup that tastes amazing. And so we ended up juicing a whole bunch of that and drink. And you know, some people were just like drinking. I was drinking it with my meal, but the other people were making like cocktails with it. And it just ended up being like this happy accident, <laughs> you know, that, that we were able to, to discover something uh, like that. Okay. So okay. It was, it was, it was an awesome experience, man. That, it, and that, I will definitely be uh, using that as, um, you know, a model. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. For, for in the future, man. And then we had the yacht. On Monday, on for more the Memorial Day yacht, which was which was, in my opinion, that was the highlight of the trip, man. Why was it the highlight of the trip? It was just like it. The yacht was. It was just it was awesome to be out in the sun on the on the water for you know eight hours on memorial day we had the music going we took over the yacht we had the 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 yacht was was chartered with um we had with an open bar we had uh food was was rocking um and then you're just there with you know 200 of your closest friends and it was (laughs) it was it was just an awesome awesome time you got to spend time with people because as i said it wasn't like going out for a night where you're 
there for, you know, two hours and the music's too loud and you can't hear the person next to you or anything like that. And, you know, it's like you have eight hours, you have a full work day on this on this boat and you're able to mingle with different people, get to know one another, see who has common friends, where and whatnot. And then um, we went at about the midway point. We were supposed to dock at an island, but we ended up just staying out at sea. Uh, but we kind of were floating. Okay. So they brought jet skis to us. And so some people were doing jet skis. And then some people were doing yacht dives or jumping off the boat. And I'd had a traumatic experience in Brazil where I, on the low, I like I almost died. Like I almost drowned. And so, and I can swim, but the waves were beating me up. And so I hadn't been in the ocean past my, like past my shoulders since then. And so we, I took this opportunity to, you know, with the, with some forceful, uh, encouragement and gentle peer pressure from the people that were on the boat to to do a yacht dive to just like to jump off the the yacht into the caribbean sea and it was just like being able to get oh yeah that's nice yeah man being able to get over that man it was just like it was very freeing and so you're able to like conquer that that fear you know if you will rational irrational of being in of being in the uh of falling victim to the sea so it was it was just awesome man we had we had a good time we had a great time on that boat Okay, okay. I'm glad you had a great time, man. It sounds like uh, you would definitely do it again, and and it sounds like you could use, you use that as a model or a baseline for some of your uh, next trips down the line or on things you could do or uh, just to compare and contrast the cost of things like, you know, especially with the, the chef coming by to cook the whole uh, group a meal. Like, I think that is, you know, obviously you're saving money, but also I think that is just a, a great convenience to be around you know, good company and not have the hustle and bustle of a restaurant trying to get you in and out so they can kind of profit. So absolutely, um, man. Absolutely. It's definitely a good thing, man. Yeah. And so I guess the next question I had was, you know, obviously you go again, but what would you do differently and where would you go? So I don't, that's a good question, man. Like the, um, <clears throat> I think Cartagena, I would do Cartagena again. Um, but I'm, it was weird because in my previous experience in Colombia, it was more or less in Bogota and Medellin. So there's a different like social, socioeconomic environment that's in Cartagena than in Bogota and Medellin. So, it, you know, there was definitely more of a developing country feel in Cartagena than in Bogota. Bogota, there was there was business booming there. There were a lot of you know it was more metropolitan things of that nature as opposed to Cartagena, which had that, but it also there was there was high poverty. You know you have the barrios that are that are is more or less like the the the, the inner city area that people were able. And they actually have tours there similar to like the favelas in Brazil. Um, but you just get to see both sides of the coin more so there. So I think that what I would do differently is I would take more time to do more cultural, culturally enriching things there as opposed to, you know, the majority of our trip was doing touristy things and, uh, and, you know, turning it up to be all the way honest. So I would definitely, <laughs> <laughs> I would definitely take the time to do more culturally enriching things aside from, um, the, the tourist hotspots there. And some of the people okay. on the trip did, to be all honest. And they and and when I talked to them about it, they had uh, you know nothing but good things to say about it. But it, it, I would definitely take the time to um, to engage more or less with with the um, with the with the city dynamics. 
Okay, okay. Sounds like uh, you got Raven reviews. What are all the costs that are involved? Um, so yeah, so we had the the costs were yeah as I mentioned before we were winning on the exchange rate three thousand Colombia pesos to the dollar but all in all the flight was five twenty one and I was definitely trying to make as much of that money back as I could with the uh, you know the free cocktails in flight for international flights um, I definitely took a few shooters for the for the road. Um, the lodging we paid, we had seven in that house <laughs> with, uh, three bedrooms and, uh, that was 89 bucks with Airbnb. The yacht was about 150, but that included the open bar and lunch. The party bus was 15 a person. The mud bath was 20. Uh, we went jet skiing on the last day there and that was 30 bucks for a half hour. And then with like spending money was about three to 400 bucks. And um, so all in all, I mean, it was like, you know, eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars end to end, which, in my opinion, is incredible. Like being able to just get all of that in for for that low of a price there. Um, That's a steal. Yeah. Like I, I definitely thought so. I felt I felt very good. Usually, you know, when you look at your credit card statement after a trip like that, you, you feel fairly terrible about yourself and want to like <laughs> cause self inflict pain upon yourself. But yeah, I, I felt very encouraged by that. Um, but one thing that I didn't do, I never changed. This was the first time I had done this. I never changed currency. Like I never I never went in, to an exchange uh, formally. And so I was using um, I have a. Capital One credit card, which you know the the no the cards with no foreign transaction fees are pretty clutch on these, and so I was able okay. to pay for um, because the exchange rates at the at the little depots were twenty seven thousand twenty seven hundred pesos to the dollar as opposed to the three thousand pesos to the dollar that it was, and in uh, in a sense it's more it's kind of like looking for gas like you're passing up you see three twenty seven gas and then you're looking for. 307 but at the end of the day you know you're only saving like 260 so it's, it's not that big of a deal but it, it does right, it right. can help somewhat um and so i was basically volunteer my card if it to pay for the group and then have them pay me in colombian pesos so then i would be able to get you know i would have my pesos but i wouldn't have to go through the hassle of going to uh an exchange depot which was which was kind of cool it, it ended up working out Okay, so that just kind of limited the less trips you had to take, you know, back and forth, I guess, to, uh, you know, the currency exchange and dealing with possibly getting hustled uh, on the exchange rate right, just absolutely. because you can't find another currency exchange place around in close proximity. So I mean, that's definitely a nice little travel hack or life hack you figured out there with the, uh, with the credit card and an exchange rate fee. Definitely. Man. Um, you got to finance it. So were there any other, I guess, key features or attributes you you wanted to tell the public and let them know i think that was pretty much that was pretty much it man this was overall this was just a great a great trip we went with with a lot of great people and all in all i mean it was just it was a phenomenal experience i definitely have some more friends to go visit throughout the continental u.s (laughs) <laughs> it, it, all in all, I mean, it was it was a great trip. I can't wait until to see where we're going next year. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, I guess we'll all have to stay tuned and uh, keep the listeners listening for the for the next trip and the next hurrah. Yeah, absolutely, man, absolutely. So, uh, is there any other similar trips you have like that coming up? No, man. I, they do this. I think this is going to end up being an annual trip. 
that okay. uh, honestly, I would I would like for you know to get some more of my people on there next next uh, next year. Obviously, you included. Okay. So, but but yeah, I don't I don't I don't have anything necessarily coming up like that. We are talking about going to Cuba though, which I think will be remarkably awesome uh, before they turn it into Miami. So I'm definitely trying to get there. Oh yeah, and I'm hoping that I can uh, make it out there in Cuba and we can kind of experience the real Havana ex- uh, experience instead of uh, the little Havana in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely be. I'm definitely trying to get the authentic experience before it gets more manufactured. But yeah, I guess that brings us to the end of another episode of the Travel Guides. We definitely appreciate you all listening. Please, please make sure that you all are subscribing on iTunes um, as well as listening on SoundCloud. We're definitely trying to get our subscriber game up there. We need these subscribers. We need these followers. Please, <laughs> please like us. Right, absolutely. Tag us, yeah. comment, do everything. We, we, we need these likes. We need this movement. Please. It's, yeah. it's, it takes takes a village. <laughs> yeah, it really does, man. We, we appreciate you all listening and the general interaction there. So, International P, tell the people where they can find you again, man. Oh, they can find me on Instagram and Snapchat at at Y-E-S-S-U-R-07. Yes, sir. Where can everybody find you at, uh, Jay Cousteau? And they can find me at, at GQ50 on Instagram and at just GQ50 on Snapchat. And with that said, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And remember, your next adventure is just a click away. Thanks for tuning in.